0: Well, this morning, um, the title of my message is Breaking Barriers or Barriers Broken. You know, I went back and forth on that because sometimes whenever we hear the first word, so it's barriers. Oh, my, it's barriers or broken. Oh, so I make it broken barriers. OK, so the understanding is we have broken. God gives to us the ability to break down our barriers. The scripture is in Mark chapter 10, beginning at verse 17. Jesus started to leave, but a man ran to him and bowed down to his bowed down on his knees before him. The man asked, Good teacher, what must I do to get the life that is eternal or that life that never ends? Jesus answered, Why do you call me good? Only God is good. And you know his commands. You must not murder anyone, you must not commit adultery, you must not steal, you must not lie. You must not cheat. You must respect your father and mother. The man said, teacher, I have obeyed all these commands since I was a boy. Jesus looked at the man in a way that showed how much he cared for him. He said, there is still one thing you need to do. Go and sell everything you have. Give the money to those who are poor and you will have riches in heaven. Then come and follow me. The man was upset when Jesus told him to give away his money. He didn't want to do this because he was very rich. So he went away sad. And Jesus looked down, excuse me, and Jesus looked at his followers and said to them, it will be very hard, hard for those who trust in riches, for the rich person to enter God's kingdom. The followers were amazed at what Jesus said. But he said again, my children, it is very hard to enter the God's kingdom. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter God's kingdom. The followers were even more amazed and said to each other, then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, this is something people cannot do, but God can. He can do anything. There's everything is possible with God. God. Whatever the translation, we find we come to the conclusion that it puts it in the perspective that nothing is impossible with God. So we have this young man inquiring about eternal life. Okay, how do I get to heaven? And um, it's kind of the age-old question: What do we do to, you know, get to the afterlife? You know, I was watching an Egyptian archaeological archaeological dig. Um, yesterday, and uh, it was it was interesting because, you know, I always like to look at them and watch them because I remi- it reminds me of when I was there and, you know, some of the places I walked on and some of them I didn't, but this site, they were digging and so on, and they talked about, and I'd never seen this part before, they talked about how that people would strive to get to the afterlife and that they wanted to have all their goods with them so that they would have stuff <laughs> on the other side and what happens whenever they get to the afterlife is they stand and this is what was presented in this, this documentary, now if it's true or not I don't know but this is what the documentary said and that these individuals would go to the afterlife and there they would be like put on trial and there are 42 judges, okay, 42 judges and the person has to convince all 42 judges that he lived a good life. And um, he didn't lie, he didn't steal, and there was one other, I don't know if it was killed or whatever, but there was three things that they had to convince the judges that um, they were worthy of going into the afterlife, coming into the reeds (laughs) along the Nile River. So that was like the, the, the great place to go. Well, what would happen is they would take the heart of the person and put it on the scale, the balances. And the the god that was there would take a heart and put it on one scale, the heart of the individual, and put a feather on the other side of the scale. And if they balanced out, they could go to the afterlife. But if it didn't, a crocodile ate the the heart, and they went away to be nothing. I think I want to go there. (laughs) What? No. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know. We, we, you know, said in the Sunday School lesson that Christianity is the only founder, uh, uh, you know, Christ is the, uh, the founder of our faith, that he's alive. He's not in the tomb. Everybody else looks to the tombs and says, this is where our God is, our, our leader is, he's in the tomb. Well, Christianity, we look at and we know Christ is risen from the dead. Well, this individual that comes to Jesus, he wants to know, how can I get to heaven? Well, He stated that he had lived his entire life and not broken any of the Jewish laws. (laughs) Okay. I've done all of these things since I was a kid. I have been exemplary. You know? Well, Jesus broke through this rash boast with a challenge that lovingly (laughs) broke through the young man's pride with a challenge that brought out his true motives. Jesus asked him, go and sell everything and give to the poor. Okay. I don't think I want to hear your idea on eternal life. <laughs> because Jesus knows what the barriers are. You know, it isn't that the guy has, has too much money. It's where, where you put your trust. And Jesus knew what barriers that we have that barriers that we individually for ourselves and for this young man he knows what they are that keep us from from continuing on in our spiritual growth it's important to know that we all reach plateaus okay we all reach barriers we all reach those boundaries that are just you know pushing against our comfort zone well i have something here I've, i think i used it years ago but Since I'm old, I have to use things over again. I mean, you know, it's just one of those things. Now, um, the the goal here is you can see the dots. There's three, three, and three. Now, you can see them. Okay, I'm glad. All right, get the magnifying glass out. Okay, yeah. All right. Now, connect all the dots with four lines. Okay. So what do we look at? We go one, two, three, four, oops, missed this one. One, two, three, four, oops, missed this one. There's no way to connect all those dots, right? Well, you see, what we see here is we're taught to think this. Every, you know, even I couldn't figure this out at first. That's a joke. Yeah. Hey, hit the button. Hit the button. You ready? Yeah. Okay. so you see, I you know it's like okay. Now what happens is, if we start here and go up to here, excuse me, fall over this thing. Did you get that? You go up, but you go outside the box. You see, in our minds, we automatically put boundaries on things. See, our mind figures one box, we got a box here. You see, and it challenges us that our life so often is live- lived within what we know is correct. And you know, four lines, well it would seem that that would be it. But we see the answer is you start, <laughs> I don't want to stand in front of you here. You, you start here, go up out of the box, through these two lines, across here, and up. Four lines connects them all, but you have to go out of the box. So, Isaiah says, 54.2 says, Enlarge the place of thy tent. All right? And let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitation, lengthen the cords and strengthen the stakes. <laughs> so Isaiah is saying to the to to the nation, he's saying, you got to expand your borders. You've got to expand your boundaries. Now it's easier said than done. Because we are naturally confined to what we see and understand. It's hard. You know, it's hard to picture what's different. How can I take what I'm doing and make it bigger than what it is? And our problem is, whenever we get close to our boundaries, we get nervous. (laughs) We get a little upset, you know, well, what if I do this different than I did before? What if I take a different road to church today? (laughs) Or what if I take a different road to someplace else? Well, I can't do that. But you see how we are set in our patterns, and it's all right to have patterns, okay? It's just the understanding that we are are allowed to break them. And in the story with Jesus, he he gets this, uh, pardon the idea, he nails it with this guy, with this young man, because the problem is a matter of trust. And... Trust is this firm belief, this firm understanding of what you have and how you possess it. Now, we, we can find, we can all find our, our own fences. You know, I always, when we had our cattle, it, you, you knew where the, the fence was because we always put an electric fence up. If you didn't know where it was at, just walk till you run into it. <laughs> you will find it. I always tried to teach the new kids to, oh, hey, touch the fence, it's no problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no problem. <laughs> you know, it's just, <laughs> they didn't trust you after that one. <laughs> so it really becomes barriers versus trust, okay? So here we are faced with our boundaries, these areas that we look at, and, we're, and we're, do we, are we trusting God enough to be able to expand our boundaries? Well, the challenge for uh, Jesus was exposing this man's barriers, the things that were blocking him from going any further in his relationship, and he points out that it was his... and I use the idea of love of money, but more importantly, it was his trust in his money. Trust in what he had versus trust in what... to be able to follow God. Now, it's hard for us to... (laughs) to think of, you know, we we live quite nicely. We all do. You don't know what it's like to be in a third world country. I mean, we don't know what it's like to not know whether you're going to have a meal for the next tomorrow morning. You're trying to find one for today. And, or trying to find water, and you can't find it. You know, we have abundance of water just falls from the heaven all the time. But there are people that don't have water, they don't have fresh water. And so we don't know what it's like to have these things. And money here represents his pride of accomplishment, it represents his self-sufficiency, his, his self-efforts. He's got a good box here. He's got a really good box here that brings, brings to the forefront what he is. Well, the irony of his box is that He has broken the first commandment of which he said he had kept them all. Let nothing be more important than God. You shall have no other gods before you. So he had had broken that commandment already. So the young man could not meet this one requirement that Jesus gave him. (laughs) These unseen barriers, the man came to Jesus with his perfect box. Wondering how Jesus would respond to his perfection. <laughs> All right, he comes to Jesus and he wants to know, how perfect is my box? <laughs> I do, look what I have done. I do everything I'm supposed to. And so he's, he's, he's kind of wanting divine approval on himself. He's humble, and he knows it, and he's proud of it. (laughs) So let's go back to verse 18. Jesus answers, why do you call me good? Only God is good. So the question is very important. Is he calling Jesus good? Was he calling Jesus God? You know, was he literally saying God, recognizing Jesus as divine, or was he just elevating Jesus to some status that whenever he would say something, you've got a wonderful group, you've got a wonderful do box here, and you are one great person. Well, breaking barriers. For us, we really know, (laughs) we really know the one to whom we're speaking whenever we pray, you know. It's not a question of forgiveness, but it's a, it's a, um, confidence of our mind, our heart, and our soul that God will do as he has promised to do. So we're looking at the promises, we're praying the promises, we're seeing how those things can connect to our need and praying them and asking God to be with us. So for the young man, Jesus requested for him to stop and rethink what he had just said. So challenge for us is to kind of stop, pause, Rethink, hmm, what is it that I am asking God for? And what is it that I am believing God to do in my life? Why do we call him God? Why do you call him good? Why do you call him savior? See, Jesus is not, you know, when he says here, uh, why do you call me good? He's not denying his divinity, but he's challenging the young man's understanding. So this young man uh, was using the correct language, he was using the correct words, but he perhaps was not understanding what he was saying. Verse 20, the man said, "'Teacher, I have obeyed all these commands "'since I was a boy.'" Well, sometimes people look in the mirror of perfection and they say, wow. I think that's kind of what this guy is. He's a wow person. We can't get any more perfect than this. You know. Well, there's a difference between what we see and what God sees. In this case, the young man was looking through prideful eyes, and he was able to see his perfections. <laughs> Therefore, he must be blessed by God, because in those days, if you had wealth... You know, you were doing the right thing before God. If you were poor and had problems, God was punishing you for your sin. Okay? Like whenever Job had his problems. (laughs) He had his problems, and what did his friends say? Behind the scenes, you're a really sinful man because look what God has done to you. You've lost all your wealth. We thought you were good, but you really aren't good. You're bad. (laughs) And they were looking at events, outward events, to determine whether or not God was with them. And so in this case, this young man, his assumption would be, I've got to be good because look at the wealth that I have. I'm better off than than most people. Maybe you a majority of this whole nation, I'm better off than them all. Well, here we have, I think, the next verse is one of the most important verses in this whole line of verses that we've been reading. And Jesus, looking at him, What did he do? He loved him. It's important that we always remember he loves you. When we're looking at events and not being able to fit them into our scheme of good and bad or why and when, it's always remember he looks at us and he loves us. And he loves us enough to tell us the truth. You lack one thing. Go sell all that you have and give the proceeds to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven and come and follow me. (laughs) So, was he telling the guy it's wrong to be rich? No. He was challenging his trust. And, and that's where we're looking at in our own life, that we have to challenge the trust. What is the trust factor in all of this? Who do we trust in, in, in our life and with our life and with our goods and with our health, with our eternal life? Jesus, he loves us enough to die for us. Why would he not be willing to work with us? You see, it's important to sometimes go through challenges. While I was writing this, I heard the geese up, you know, going over. And you know, oh yeah, it's spring. Uh, no, it's the our local geese. You know. Our local geese, um, they are directionally challenged. <laughs> they don't know, you know, and, and if I was I was imagining this, you know, just for thought. What if these geese <laughs> would uh you know, now, to be a good goose, <laughs> in the spring, you fly north, go to your northern, northern campgrounds and, you know, have your babies and get them raised, and then when fall comes, go to your southern routes and go to those, you know, sun, bathe out in the sun and so on and get strong enough to fly back up. Well, the geese around here, they have instincts to fly. They just don't know where they're going. Well, they do know where they're going because they fly in a box. (laughs) Here's a pond, here's a pond, and here's a pond. And their instincts tell them, you know, if they went before God, they would say to God, well, God, we're like We've kept all the traditions of ancient geese. We fly in formation. We honk to encourage those in front of us. We nest in the water and have young. And we fly to different ponds. What more do we do have to do to be a good goose? <laughs> but you see, they've lost something that tells them they have an instinct to fly, but they just don't know where it is. And I think that's somewhat with us. We have an instinct to grow closer to God, but we just don't know how to do it. (laughs) We're just kind of lost, and it's like, we have to come down to where we trust. And, And, you know, trust is not about selling everything. Trust is about being able to give things away that are important to us, but not necessarily give them away. If you understand what I mean? The story shows us that we must not let anything we have or desire to have to keep us from following Jesus. And that's the challenge of the story, that we, we can't be, <laughs> um, what is it, directionally challenged, <laughs> We need to see our lives as growing closer to God and, and become, becoming one with him. So Jesus, he wasn't giving me for the young man. He's not giving me what I ask for. So the young man went away. The Message Bible says, the man's face clouded over. This was the last thing he expected to hear. And he walked off with a heavy heart. He was holding on tight to a lot of things and not about to let go. Instead of Jesus looking at what I have and saying how good I am, he looks at what I have and says, give it away. The young man's face clouded over. Our pride tells us we're close enough. Our pride says, I'm good enough. I fly from pond to pond. I, I'm, you know, I'm following the, the examples that set before me in the scriptures. Well, Jesus, verse 25 verse says, Jesus said, do you have any idea how difficult it is for people to have it all to enter God's kingdom? Do you see how hard it is when, when one trusts in what they can see more than what they can't see? Verse 25, the disciples couldn't believe that they were hearing. And Jesus kept on. You can't imagine how difficult. I'd say it's easier for a camel to go through the needle's eye than for a rich to get into God's kingdom. And again, it's not against riches. It's about trust. When you don't have anything, it's easier to trust God because Who else are you going to trust? What else are you going to do? You have to or else you're going to die. But when you have things that we put our trust in, we begin to rely upon these things taking care of us and these things being our provision. In reality, God is our provision and God is the one who helps us be able to determine how to get out of the box, to move beyond the square box that we know. Verse 26, the followers were even more amazed and said to each other, who can be saved? Who can make it then? Because remember, the rich, they felt, were blessed by God. The poor, well, they they need to get it right with God. But you see, so this just totally devastated their image of what close to God meant. Jesus looked at them and said, this is something people cannot do. But God can. He can do anything. Everything is possible with God. So whenever we see and look at ourselves and see the box that we live in and that we're, we're used to and that we're m- moving around our box pretty much, you know, without any thought of it, it's okay. It's not a bad thing. It's just that sometimes life doesn't go the way we want. It doesn't seem to fit in our box. It's like, this shouldn't have happened to me. And God is saying, well, it's necessary. <laughs> it's, necessary. it's important. You see, God will be with us through the valleys of life. Through the difficult times, and God is t- teaching us that he's never so far away as to be just near. And he's wanting us to expand our tents and expand our boundaries and to push out from where we are. You know, I often think of, uh, we have friends that, you know, um, they lived here in Wimber, went to college at UPJ, and you know, to go to Johnstown is a big deal. (laughs) You know? And then you look at our son, you know, he grew up in Wimber went to Missouri to college and did his graduate work in Johannesburg in South Africa. He lives <laughs> now in Missouri, but for a time, nine years, he lived in El Salvador. He went to Tibet to set up a missions program there. He travels all over the country, and you look at the, the scope of their boundaries, their borders. And for one, it's no problem to go to Tibet. For the other, it's a problem to go to Johnstown. It's like the geese. (laughs) We travel, we go from pond to pond. What more is there? Well, Jesus says, I see you exactly where you are. I see the trials, I see the struggles, I see the turmoil in your soul. You look at people, you look at situations, you look at conflict, you look at people, you look at the present, you look at the future, and you wonder how you're gonna survive in your box. (laughs) And we have to remember that Jesus says that I am with you. I am always with you. I'm always ready to help you. And so God wants us to know that while we live within our box, it's all right to run into the boundaries. It's all right for things to push us to those boundaries and that where we feel uncomfortable and God says, no, I'm there too. Here's the challenge. For our heart to understand what our mind knows. For our heart to understand what we already know in our mind. We can quote the scriptures and that's good, but it's it's important for us to move those things from what we quote to what we understand. And the rich young man says, look what I've done. I've done all this stuff. I need to get to, I can get to heaven, right? He says, give that away and start all over again. Jesus says to us, here's my word. Let it filtrate down into your heart. And so that it is trust, it is faith that we will dispel the gripping fears that keep us from his divine peace. It is faith and it is trust that causes us to push against the boundaries in our lives and to expand our tents, to move our borders. (laughs) We do not need to be afraid when we walk through the difficulties. Jesus is asking us to do the one thing. Trust him. Trust him to fulfill his promises. Trust him to be the answer to our prayers and to our situation. Trust him to be the rock upon which we stand. Trust him to be our strong tower in times of conflict. Trust him to be the author of our salvation and of our eternal life. Know that Jesus is able to do all things. The disciples asked Jesus then, who can be saved? Who can make it into this kingdom? That is something people cannot do. But what is impossible with people is not impossible with God. <laughs> what God can do, what people think is impossible, God is saying, it's not impossible with me. Paul said, "O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is your victory? And when we look at the cross of Jesus Christ, the cross is not something that for us that is a symbol of death. And defeat the cross to us is a symbol of a sign of life and victory and of hope and of eternal life so people can look at it and see an instrument of death we look at it and see an instrument of faith and belief and understanding that God loves me Jesus he bore it all he paid it all he gave it all he now stands and is where seated at the right hand of the father and he prays for us that we would be able to push against the boundaries of our life, to see outside the box of potential and possibilities in our life. To every barrier, Jesus said, they are broken. They are shattered. Everything is possible with God. Because God can do anything. God can do everything. Let our heart grasp what our mind already knows. Nothing is impossible with God. Amen? That's it. Let's stand. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. See, it's not about me. It's about God. It's not about what I can or cannot do. It's about trust in the one who can do all things. With man, it is impossible, but with God, nothing is impossible. Father, we thank you that you know exactly where we're at. You know exactly what we're going through. You know the exact needs of our hearts and lives. And God, we wonder why, but sometimes the echo that comes back to us from you is it is necessary. It is necessary that you walk through this valley of difficulty. How else will you learn to depend upon me? As we see the the times of victory, we know whom the victory belongs, we give you praise. In times of of difficulty, we give you praise. We give you praise, Lord, that all things will work together because God, you are the God that works all things together. Nothing is impossible with you. So we ask your blessing now upon our lives, upon our families, upon our community, upon our nation. We ask that you would guide us in the way of truth and of righteousness, and that your blessing and your hand would be upon our lives, we pray. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Nothing is impossible with God.